don't worry so much about what products we're selling yeah. uh, because I'm passionate about the process. Well, and one thing you said the other day is, uh, you know, it helps if your passion is, is making a bunch of money. Yeah. So if your passion is, I don't know, what's a non-monetizable passion? Uh, Smurfs. Smurfs. There you go. <laughs> if your yeah. passion is Smurfs, Jeff, you might want to move on. Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial pursuit, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. If you want to know more about this program or this podcast or want to get barraged by a lot of annoying pop-ups, check out our website, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Yeah, buddy, it's Thursday morning. That means it's time for another Lifestyle Business Podcast. Today, I am joined by my comrade, my co-hostess with the mostest, a man who's called Hochi Ian around these parts, or affectionately, Uncle Egon. If you guys stick around to the end of the show, we'll share with you a must-read book, a must-download app, plus talk about some of the hottest trends in Asia this year. Speaking of the hottest trends in Asia, how you doing, brother? Yeah, here we are. Here we are. Just landed in Hanoi, checking out the city, going to the cafes. You're drinking Vietnamese coffee. I'm drinking green tea. Yeah. Having a good time. It's good fun. On to the shouts and the news. Five stars. Brandon says, these guys are the startup gurus. I am addicted to this podcast because they don't waste my time. They deliver highly actionable content on a weekly basis. Booyah. Let's get on to it then. One final call for tropicalmba.com slash T-M-B-A. It's a chance for you to see our sales offer at a minimum. See how we constructed a sales letter. Uh, it's a chance for you to buy or sign up for the early action list for the next event. I have no idea what part of the sales process will be in by Thursday morning because we're doing DC first and early action list first. But who knows? It could be a couple spots left, so go check it out. Yeah. All right, today we got a question from Nate. Nate says, I'm looking into a bunch of different niche markets. They look pretty hot, Ian. He says there's about 3,000 to 10,000 searches for all these different niches, and they're not particularly optimized for Google. Interesting. That's right. So Nate is smelling some blood in the water, man. But what he wants to know is whether he should build a Shopify store around one particular niche or whether he should build like a Walmart type emporium. This is a cool niche, actually. Okay. It's it's in the redneck space. Yes, I love the redneck space. <laughs> Very familiar with the redneck space. Grew up in the redneck space. Let me give a caveat here, Nate. Make sure that this is a exact match search and not a broad match because they can be profoundly different. So make sure when you guys are doing keyword research that you're typing in the exact key term phrase and not the broad match. Okay, so first thing here, Nate, uh, I think it's great that you've uh, gone on and done a little keyword research, but that is just the beginning. I would advise that you really dig in, figure out who the major players are, figure out who's manufacturing these products, how you might be able to manufacture these products, If uh, how are you going to get to be the number one distributor? I mean, there's a lot that goes into this besides just figuring out that they're not optimized on Google. I want you to do some research and figure out how you're going to be the guy for this product. Second question I have for you, Nate, is why Shopify? I've been talking to a lot of people lately that are getting off Shopify. Uh, There's a lot of different reasons for that. They do take a percentage. Also, Shopify has investors. So it looks to me, based on what I've seen and what people are telling me, is that they might be trying to please their investors a little bit too much and not their customers. So I would look at something like big commerce or we're actually switching over to 
um, to uh, WordPress uh, from Drupal. So you know what, Nate? I'm not sure what the final word is on Shopify, but oh, we're out. I mean, we've taken our we've taken our uh, sites off Shopify. Yeah, and I want to be clear about this. It's not because we're disappointed by Shopify, but in our particular cases. WordPress is working better, and uh, we've seen big commerce work pretty well too. So I mean, I don't want to have the hate for Shopify. Oh, I don't have the hate for Shopify, but I'm not hate, sure. Hate, hate, <laughs> hate, hate. Hey, look, you've got to you've got to do like some custom coding and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And, and not everybody's qualified to do that. I still recommend Shopify though. I mean, it's still good. We haven't yeah. used big commerce. We got to go in there and dig in. But the cool thing about big commerce is a bootstrap company, yeah. right? So they're not having these invest uh, sort of like the venture backed correct thing. So anyway, uh, JP from Tropical MBA used Big Commerce and it looked like the bomb. That's correct. All right. So, so, yeah. so your suggestion here is that you're going to go after a specific niche. Yeah, I would go after a specific niche. You got a bunch of different. Uh, I think what he's trying to say is uh, there's a bunch of different products within the same niche. Right. But yes, you should focus on one product at least. Like to start. redneck hat, redneck shirt. Correct. Boots. So you would set up a big commerce store or a WooCommerce store about trucker hats. <laughs> All right, Jeff asks us a question. He says, I think thanks to you guys, I figured out what my passion is. It's the raw food diet. But then I read another thing that you guys said is you should not pursue your passion. Here's the problem with us, Jeff, is we're not very consistent. We're not very consistent, no. <laughs> you Shopify. Don't you Shopify. Ah, we don't really know. <laughs> These are all just options. These are just options. What would you say to Jeff, man? He's confused by your advice. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, we have we have given this advice out before, which is uh, don't make uh, your business your passion. But uh, I think it's all about the process, Jeff. So uh, ultimately, you've got to be in love with the process of business, the process of entrepreneurship. And that's why I don't worry so much about what products we're selling yeah. uh, because I'm passionate about the process. Well, and one thing you said the other day is, uh, you know, it helps if your passion is, is making a bunch of money. Yeah. So if your passion is, I don't know, what's a non-monetizable passion? Uh, Smurfs. Smurfs. There you go. <laughs> if your yeah. passion is Smurfs, Jeff, you might want to move on. Raw food diet, you know, diet industry, that's not bad. I mean, you can pull something off there. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, the health industry as a whole is, you know, is, is growing, I think. So uh, I, th I think you should be able to pull something off there. All right, quick follow-up before we get to the meat and potatoes. Jeff also asked, how do I get there by day 1,000? We think it takes 1,000 days to grow a business. How can we be sure that we're not just heading towards colossal failure at 1,000? First thing I would do is uh, fill out a dreamline. The second thing I would do is figure out like five things you want to accomplish at day 1,000, whether yeah. it's like a amount of income, uh, you know, amount of employees, uh, what your company looks like. Figure out what like say five of those things are and kind of work backwards. That way it gives you something on day 500, day 300 to make sure that you're still going to be able to hit. Right. It's like that dividing math. I take our products, you know, the number of money we need to make and then just divide it by products. So you know, man, you know, I I need to ship 50 products a month in order to even get to where I want to be in life. And then you got to think, well, I don't even have the infrastructure, the processes or the employees in place to ship 50 products a month. So then you kind of work backwards that way. All right, Jeff, thanks for asking this question. If you guys would like to ask us a question and hear some inconsistent, uneducated answers on them, go to our website, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. We've got a cool little app there. We can just click on it. I saw this on the AdSense Flippers podcast. It's really cool. You just click this button and boom. You can ask us an audio question, easy, friggin' cheesy. Today on the meat and potatoes, Ian and I are going to talk about the case for Asia, the inside story of six of our favorite Southeast Asian travel 
destination. So last year at this time, we were reminded that, that we did a podcast that went over really well where we talked about the five different countries that we've been in the last five weeks. Yeah, last year, exactly this time, we're actually in Hong Kong. That's right. So now we're in Hanoi, and what we want to do is sort of give the updated business perspective on some of our favorite destinations that we've been in the last few months. Ready to do this? I'm ready. We're going to start with Singapore, a place like that I've just recently become a bit enamored with, okay? A bit pumped. In fact, I gave you a passionate argument about maybe we should set up there. Maybe we should move our business there. In a word, I think Singapore is like going back to college. It's got a little bit of a campus feel to it. You know, this great food. Uh, there's sort of a, it's overpriced, just like college. <laughs> it's, got, it's got the world's best airport. Seriously, it's, it's got the best airport I've ever been to. It's got insane travel opportunities. It's like an, it's the ultimate hub destination. And it's a little bit like Sacramento. It's a place that's lauded for its proximity to other more cool places. I haven't been to Singapore yet, uh, but you took a trip last year. Um, and so everything I'm learning is uh, through reading or through proxy through you. Yeah. Uh, but it does sound interesting. I know uh, it seems like you got to go through Singapore to get anywhere else in Southeast Asia. So it does seem really, really um, interesting in that way. One thing we're finding is like it could make sense for us to base our business in Asia uh, at some kind of hub, some kind of place of gravity. And Singapore is one of these places that seems to be gaining a lot of momentum. Uh, I'm reading a lot about how they're becoming like a, a financial capital of the world. Yeah. And I think Sovereign Man wrote a few weeks back that Singapore is like the next Silicon Valley or something. You know, uh, I was hearing on some podcasts, it's like, once you hear about the scene, the scene's too late, you know? Yeah. And, and Singapore just might be one of those places that's like sort of happening right now. Um, there's definitely a ton of startup money there. There's mm -hmm. definitely like not enough talent there. So if you wanted to go raise money, Singapore is like the jam right now for Fearing sure. Um, there's potential for second citizenship, which is like a really hot topic right now for Americans in particular. Right. Singapore would be like a plausible place to emigrate to. Um, yeah. And it's freaking awesome food you know so some of the downsides of singapore it's very expensive yeah it's it's prohibitively expensive in in some cases it's stale i'd say it's a little bit culturally stale it's a little bit thin you kind of described it as like a version of las vegas not necessarily with the casinos but just in terms of culture would you agree with that no? yeah like like the kind of facade feel of las vegas you know to me it's like it's like a las vegas mixed with an aspirational makati manila like because okay. it's got like it's got like that concrete based like malay kind of architecture you know it's it's not like a super inspiring place um but but again it's got that kind of college campus feel like tons of green space tons of people walking around lots of young people yeah i mean it's happening i think i could see myself in singapore right so visually it might not be the most appealing no. uh but it's it no sounds Hong like Kong. there's some you're right sounds like there's some cool stuff going on speaking of visually appealing let's talk about china no, come on. Okay, so so we went to uh, we have a whole other thing about factory visits. We went on some old school like Dan and Ian back in the day factory visits. Yeah, you cool. bailed on me on the second day. I, I was, absolutely bailed. I was expecting it too. I could see it in your eyes. You're like, dude, I, I can't go through this. I can't get through. <laughs> I, can't. I gotta go through the hotel. I was like, all right, man, I feel you. I know what you're feeling right now. I understand. It was awful, man. We were sitting there in some negotiation, and I like flipped open my laptop, and I was just like, oh, I've been in this conversation 
conversation so many times. I started writing a blog post. Yeah, I have a little <laughs> bit more tolerance for that thing. Well, yeah, you're actually driving these products and doing some amazing stuff. So, I mean, the products that you're producing, you're helping to design, I mean, they're awesome. And it was, it was really good. We got a bunch of cool pictures from the factories and everything. So I had a good time the one day. One day is enough, you know, for me. Anyway, so we went to Shenzhen. We hung out with Matt Kowalik, man. I love Matt. He's so funny and he's super knowledgeable about China. So we had a really good time in Shenzhen. Matty is the gem. He speaks the language. He can get around. He's been there for eight years. He knows a lot about the culture yeah. uh, there and uh, really, really actually turned, I mean, I've been going to China for five, six years, but he actually uh, helped me to understand some things that I didn't know. So speaking of like sort of the evolving nature of China, I mean, we, we went into uh, Guangdong province. Is that right? Uh something like that. something like i mean it's all the same but it's just absolutely like it has changed so much in three years it's the story of china i mean it's shenzhen is like nice it's much cleaner than it was like the roads are amazing like it's like nothing you know you would imagine yeah there's like land rivers on the road over there now <laughs> i mean there's there's a serious middle class developing over there and uh we see this in our business because uh wages are increasing material yeah. costs are increasing things like this it's getting more expensive in china uh, for sure, and you can see how the middle class uh, is, is is coming up, and it's quite interesting. I I'd love to see it. It's weird to talk about China as a whole, too. I mean, like it's 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 freaking massive. But you know, we just went to one little area. But you know, if you want to go sort of make your way in the world, Shenzhen is a great spot, and definitely meet up with Maddie. Speaking of right outside of Shenzhen, a place that we like, there's sort of these polar opposites. Like when we get on the subway, the MTR to go over to Shenzhen, it's like. Ah going to Shenzhen. Right. When we get on the opposite way, it's like, woo, we're going to Hong Kong. <laughs> Let's talk about Hong Kong. Absolutely. You're absolutely in love with Hong Kong. Yeah, I'm absolutely in love with Hong Kong. I think it's a, uh, it's a, it's a first, it's a first class city yeah. for sure. Uh, so we stayed, um, so this was our second full week in Hong Kong. So, so let me, let me, if I were to like do the whole how to describe Hong Kong thing for people that weren't there, I would say Hong Kong is like Manhattan, but more beautiful and Asian. Like, that to me, I mean, maybe not as kind of awe-inspiring as Manhattan in terms of like the architecture, but the architecture is still really amazing. It is, and it is. And, and the the backdrop is superior. It's it's on like this green mountain with a huge bay. I mean, it's it's, it's nuts. It's like the perfect place to set like a futuristic movie. Yeah, very cool place visually. But uh, what what I like the most about Hong Kong is just um, I I think it's the people. All the people there are, are beautiful, and everybody, you know, everybody is kind of doing the same thing as they're doing in New York. Like everybody's kind of like a banker or something like this, you know. <laughs> but uh, well, yeah. there's also like models and artists and you know real estate developers and like I don't know. It's cool. A lot of people doing artsy stuff, you know, too. Yeah, I guess they're not that dissimilar to uh, New York City. I guess a lot of rich reason, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably the reason I like it is because I've been in New York City uh, several more times probably than I have Hong Kong. But anyways, we stayed on the corner of uh, Aberdeen and Hollywood. That's like a hot spot in yeah. Central. Uh, I recommend Airbnb. Every time I go to Hong Kong, uh, we do Airbnb, and we ended up getting a great place, a two-bedroom apartment with a living room, fast Wi-Fi relatively. Uh, and I think we paid like 80 bucks, 90 bucks a night. So yeah. it was like a really affordable way to do Hong Kong because if you show up to Hong Kong and you like want to stay at the Hyatt, it's like $300. You are so focused on lifestyle so let me just pull this back into business because the real reason to go to Hong Kong man is the business I read an article the other day that 30% of all businesses in the world are based in Hong Kong I don't know if that's true but 
I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, this place is like business central. It is. It is business central. And we did do business. So yeah, one did. day oh, yeah. uh, before we got to Hong Kong, we uh, did a little Google searching and looked up some accounting firms. Yeah. Uh, before we got to Hong Kong, we set up three meetings on one day. So it was like boom, boom, boom. Shut up to all these meetings. Uh, had a bunch of questions that we were asking sure. uh, these accountants. And, That's uh, like inside the DC stuff maybe. It's a little, yeah. bit, a little bit sensitive, unfortunately. And I don't want to be coy about it, but definitely stuff about the tax implications of doing business in Hong Kong, uh, how to get credit cards and premier status and all this kind of stuff that we were working with our bankers on. And it's just an amazing business environment. Like the way, I mean, the one of the things is a tax transparent area, which means that like you have to have a registered accountant file for you every year, which means that like, you know, you have to like keep all your receipts and all that kind of stuff, which is pretty normal business stuff. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not like doing business in the Seychelles or whatever. Right. But, you know, it's just so cool talking to the Hong Kong accountants. Like they got your back, man. These guys are like sticking up for you. They're they're relatively cheap to work with. It's all business, man. It's Hong Kong. I love it. Yeah, it was a great trip. Speaking of all business, let's talk about the Philippines, perhaps the most laggardly economy in Southeast Asia. But we're running our events there because it's beautiful, it's fun, it's friendly, and man, we had a good time there the last couple weeks. Yeah, we're staying down in uh, Puerto Galera. I think that's one of my favorite spots in the Philippines in yeah. terms of lifestyle. Not a lot of business going down in the Philippines except for our business. No. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> So, Puerto Galera is super inspiring for me. Uh, we stay at our buddy's resort. He just built this brand new resort. It's right on the water. Uh, the TMBA is hosted there. Uh, they're actually doing some renovations this week. So, for the next TMBA, uh, so we're going to have even a more fantastic space to work in. It's right on the beach. So, why would you want to go to the Philippines? I mean, there still is the promise of hiring virtual assistants, any kind of repetitive, man-oriented task where you want to go and pull together three or four people. There's a lot of tax implications. Like, we were talking to a lot of Australians. You know, if if you're an Australian or a European and you need to prove a foreign tax zone, why not move to the Philippines and set up in a PESA zone, tax-free man, pull together four or five virtual assistants, link builders, content generators, customer service representatives, whatever. You don't have to pay taxes in the Philippines for six years. You don't have to pay taxes back home. Boom, chakalaka, man. That's baller. So why else would you want to come to the Philippines? Adventure travel. We had a couple guys, the Tropical MBA, they were big into kayaking, fishing, scuba diving, snorkeling, running adventure all that kind of stuff mountaineering the philippines is the place for you because you can go to these crazy insane remote islands and be like what's up and they're like what's up it's right. nuts it's not like going to you know freaking off the map indonesia or malaysia where people just stare at you like what's right. going on <laughs> yeah a lot of people in the philippines obviously speak english so it's pretty easy to get around there yeah they'll be like hey man you want to play basketball <laughs> you're like well yeah sure <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next spot. Vietnam. We're in Vietnam right now. What are we doing here, man? It's hard to tell. We just... <laughs> it's hard to tell. You know, we showed up to Vietnam for a bunch of different reasons. One is because of... Uh, I, I love and you love Anthony Bourdain and he talks about the food in Vietnam all the time. Yeah, he does. So that's one reason to come to Vietnam is the food is just amazing. The other reason that we came to Vietnam is because the Wi-Fi is amazing. This is kind of like a shocker yeah. uh, to me, but uh, we tested the other day in our hotel 10 up, 10 down. Uh, 13 down, 10 up. That's like friggin' whatever you want to do speeds. For those of you back west that don't test, that's baller. Like, that's not even YouTube. Like, that's like run a webinar that's video oriented or whatever. I mean, and so that's really inspiring. When I lived here in 2009, it was like, oh shit. Oh crap, it's 2.30 p.m. Uh, everybody's getting on the internet and now it's crawling. Like, yeah. I mean, it would like go out every afternoon. I mean, it was like super 
bad. And Basically how the Philippines is. Yeah. And, and now it, well, it, it's just improved so radically in the last three years. It's, it's amazing. Like it hasn't improved threefold. It's improved way more than that. And uh, it's a game changer. It really is. Um, so let me, let me just inj- inject. So Vietnam, I, I think it's just one of these infectious places. We're here right now with a lot of people coming here for the first time. It's a very entrepreneurial culture. A lot of the expats here are building things, they're doing stuff. They're part of an NGO, they're part of a startup. They're a writer. There's a lot of cool people here. A lot of amazing food, like you said. It's an inspiring place. All our new buddies coming here, loving Vietnam. Let's contrast that with Bali. Bali, a much more developed place, but the Wi-Fi. Now, I'm a longtime defender of Bali, and I love it, and I stand by it and all this stuff, but there are certain things that you just cannot do in Bali right now. As far as I understand, they're building an internet pipeline, and you will be able to do them within 24 months. But the biggest thing for me, telephone calls, in particular, inbound calls, like when you set up a time with somebody and you're right. like, we're going to be on the phone at 8 p.m. I just, you know, on our first Tropical MBA webinar, I cut out for five minutes. And it's just right. like, it holds me back from scheduling stuff because I'm anxious about it. Correct. And anyway, so th- I think that, that, you know, we've made this distinction. We'll link to our post about Bali, seven reasons why digital nomads avoid Bali. And for me, it's like the opportunity to host webinars and to do phone calls with important people and to do podcast interviews and stuff is just too great that I can't risk it on this Bali infrastructure. Yeah, and like Hanoi, actually, Bali is pretty difficult to get to. Hanoi and Bali, equally kind of difficult to get to. That's right. They're not exactly hubs. It's kind of like the last leg kind of place, whereas Saigon, much more business friendly. Um, Hanoi is more artsy, you know, especially in terms of the expat scene, whereas Saigon is much more business. Right. So I like the little big a mix and match 50 50 man wi-fi is hot in both spots it is speaking of hot we got one more spot that we are planning on going man i can't wait to take you to cambodia i've never been i think you were born for cambodia man you like the big bikes you like the cowboy maybe you'll pick up smoking again i don't know man that would be tragic (laughs) but yeah i'm looking forward to cambodia uh you know good roads right russians built the roads there we'll be riding around on big bikes hanging out at hotels and stuff like that very cheap very affordable. Looking forward to going there. Again, Cambodia, if you're looking for great beaches, friendly, lots of infrastructure kind of investment stuff happening there. Definitely cowboy country, sort of similar to the Philippines in a lot of ways. Um, truly beautiful, more exotic, more history there. Um, there's this book called The Gate. If you travel to Cambodia, you absolutely must read it. Cambodia, man, don't come to Southeast Asia without dropping in. So I'm really interested, you know, next year this time, what countries we're going to be talking about in Southeast Asia. Well, this has been fun. Yeah, maybe not even Southeast Asia. Who knows? We're talking about doing a little bit of Europe ski and two too. Yeah, and also talking maybe about a little bit of Mexico. We'll have to see. Oh, my Lord. Let's get moving on to just the tips. All right, guys. Have we mentioned uh, Pro HDR on this on this podcast yet? Boy, it's only a $2 iPhone app. The part of my iPhone where this app rests, Ian, is this, this, the screen is worn out. Well, here's the thing. I brought you a brand new, well, not brand new. I brought you an iPhone 4, and you've just been taking pictures. Every I look back. We're walking down the street. I look back, and you're, like, way behind me. I'm just all over this stuff. I'm so pumped. If you go to the blogs, you're probably going to see, like, more pictures than words now because I finally have a camera, man. It's awesome. Also, I've been listening to Christopher Hitchens' autobiography, An Unparalleled Mind. I absolutely love this, man. His biography is called, autobiography is called Hitch 
22. And I think, you know, by reading this book, you sort of get the insight into a person who takes his ideas seriously, who took his work so seriously, who was very focused on doing his work. And as an entrepreneur, I find that inspiring. So Hitch 22, check out Christopher Hitchens' autobiography. Booyah. And I want to bring up our main man, Anthony Bourdain, again. Yeah. Uh, he talks a lot about By the way, Vietnam. he loves Vietnam. Oh, he yeah. He has a house I mean, here. Yeah, that's why I'm so, he's so nutty about to it. hear about this guy again, right? So he, uh, he's he got a house here, and uh, before I got to Vietnam, I watched all his videos uh, that he has on YouTube about yeah. all the different places where he eats. He talks about uh, Vietnam in his book, Kitchen Confidential. Uh, just a really, really guy that's in love with Vietnam, and every time uh, I think about Vietnam, I think about Anthony Bourdain because he's so passionate about it. Now, as an entrepreneur, I think this book is actually truly important. Kitchen Confidential, think about this. If you're looking for inspiration, to make a big life change. Christopher Hitchens is one of these guys who's so smart, man. He had it figured out since he was like 22 or whatever. Right. But Anthony Bourdain is one of these guys who when he was like 35 or whatever, he decided that his life sucked and he wanted to change it. And so he sat down and he did this amazing book. He wrote a book about his life and it was a pretty simple life at that point. And, and, and his life did a 180. He went from having gone to like Mexico and like St. Martin one time to traveling the world as a, I mean, he just changed his life. He made a decision and you know, he captured the zeitgeist or whatever, something happened. And it's just an awesome story of somebody, you know, at middle age deciding that, you know what, I'm not, I don't have to be who I was for the last 35, 40 years. I'm going to be somebody new and boom, he's in Vietnam. That's why I think Anthony Bourdain for me, Anthony Bourdain and Adam Carolla, guys like that, working class guys that have like decided to make a change in their life. Like really inspiring, you know? They were like on a path that wasn't super, uh, they weren't super happy with, you know? And, and vis-a-vis uh, knowledge too, which yeah. like sometimes in the working classes, like where we come from, it's not cool to like get in touch with your psychological right. opinion. <laughs> like talk about your feelings yeah. and stuff like that. All right, speaking of feelings, if you're having an awkward moment in Asia, you get invited to karaoke by a business colleague and you don't know what to sing, Ian and I have found the tune for you. So we're going to play it. Just learn the lyrics. Learn the song. If you know this song, my friend, you will be a star at any KTV in the whole of Asia. Thanks for joining us on the LBP. We'll see you guys next Thursday morning. Booyah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list. Lifestyle Business Podcast. Com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything. Mama, take me home, All my memories gather around her. Mine is lady, strange to blue water. Dark and dusty. on one product at least like redneck hat redneck shirt redneck boots so you would set up a big commerce store or a woocommerce store about trucker hats